So our first reading comes from the book of Psalms, Psalm 137, verses 1 to 8. And there's one verse in here that kind of grabbed me with our harpist as a guest. But listen for the word of God for you today. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, and there we wept when we remembered Zion. On the willows, there we hung our harps. For there our captors asked for songs, and our tormentors asked for mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How could we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand wither. Let my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth. If I do not remember you, if I do not set Jerusalem above my highest joy. Remember, O Lord, against the Edomites the day of Jerusalem's fall. How they said, tear it down, tear it down, down to its foundations. O daughter Babylon, you devastator, happy shall be who happy they shall be who pay you back what you have done to us. The word of the Lord. So before sharing with you the scripture reading from Isaiah chapter 40, I want to give you a little bit of background that can help you appreciate a little bit more the context of when this was written. You know, many of the chapters leading up to Isaiah 40 are rather grim. It's about the prophet's warnings about the uh, darkness that may come up, is going to be coming on the nation of Israel. You know, repeatedly you hear the prophet Isaiah warning the people that their sacred land in which they were living was going to be taken away from them if they could not be more faithful to God's covenant. God was going to execute his justice. And so then it happened. In the year 587 B.C., King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon attacked Jerusalem completely destroyed the city, including the holy temple of the Lord. And the Bible makes it clear that God directed this action upon his people. So after this occurred, the destruction of Jerusalem and its temple, first there were a group of people who fled the region so that they could settle elsewhere, never to return again. And others, and that was the more prominent citizens of Jerusalem, they were taken prisoner and they were deported to Babylon so they they could not take control of the city again. It was a complete wipeout of Israel as a nation. So this is the map that shows the route that the Israelite people took after their city was destroyed. They took it to Babylon, which was right along the banks of the Euphrates River. That is, it flowed right up to the entrance of that city as a water source for them. And they were brought to a halt there. And it was in this time of bitter defeat and and punishment that they were experiencing that the psalmist wrote the words from 137. Um, You know, we hung up our harps as we sat down beside the rivers of Babylon. 
And then the psalmist says in bitter words, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? And they would be there in captivity for 70 years. So in direct contrast to that, we have these words from Isaiah 40, beginning with verse 1. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, and that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, every mountain and hill made low, and the uneven ground shall become level. The rough places, a plain, Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all the people shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers and the flower Fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers. The flower fades. But the word of our Lord will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up and do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Let the good news come now, our Heavenly Father, not only in word, but also in power and with full assurance through the Holy Spirit. Amen. A voice cries out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Do you hear that voice? You know, maybe it's coming to you in a, in a whisper, such as when someone is wanting to tell you something spectacular is going to happen, but they don't want others to know about it. Or perhaps it is a voice of a distant caller, and you have to strain your ears in order to hear it. 
Or it could be that it's not so much a voice you actually hear literally, but rather a stirring within your heart. Prepare the way of the Lord. Now, if that is true, it could be that same voice that the prophet Isaiah heard in ancient times when he was told to bring these words of assurance to a downtrodden people in captivity. He says this, Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, and that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. These are the words of forgiveness. God's people had failed miserably in being his chosen ones. They failed to keep the the covenant which God had made with their ancestors. God gave them a good land in order to live in, flowing with milk and honey. And they, they turned away from this one who brought them up out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. God caused the enemies of Israel to raise up against her. And they raised the city and their sacred temple to the ground. And then they were hauled off to a foreign land. You know, and in doing this, this wasn't you know, just some geographical change of location. This took the very heart out of the people of Israel. Nothing was more sacred to them than the land that God had promised to, their, to them and their ancestors. And so nothing could have been more devastating than this wholesale destruction. Now God is ready to forgive. These are also words of hope that the prophet shares. Those who thought they would never see their homeland again, now they had a second chance. Those who walked in the darkness of a miserable past suddenly had a future in which the light of God would shine upon them again. They had something to look forward to. Something better was coming. We affirm during this season of Advent, the four Sundays leading up to Christmas, that God still speaks to his people. The same God who reached into this dark valley uh, where our lost people were, 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 were meandering, he pulled them up with him. He wants to show us that same kind of new possibility, that same kind of new beginning which stirred the hearts of God's people. Do we hear that voice? Now, it could be that maybe one of the reasons we aren't hearing the voice is because we aren't truly listening. You know, have you ever noticed that when you are familiar, you know, with a voice, you're able to lock right into it, even if there are other people who are talking? I remember when we lived in Pennsylvania and our church manse was sat right next to the kindergarten and the playground there. And I was working from home one morning, and I heard all these voices out there, the kids playing, and uh, suddenly I heard a voice that I recognized. Even amidst all the shrieks and the uh, laughter of the kids that were yelling at each other. And as I got up from my desk and I looked out the window, sure enough, I saw my daughter and her blonde head bobbing up around those 25 kids that were there. And it wasn't as though her voice was louder than the others. It was simply more distinct because I recognized that voice. 
There's something about a familiar voice that grabs our attention. If it is one you know, it's one you are in tune with. But if you don't know that voice, it gets drowned out by others. And this is what happens when we lose that connection with the voice which the prophet spoke about long ago. It gets overwhelmed by a sea of other voices. We get distracted from what our true focus should be. You know, during this season, that voice easily gets confused with the voice of excess. You know, that's the voice that's whispering in your, your ear. You know, be sure that you give your kids as many toys as possible, because if you don't, you're a terrible parent. Be sure you give your wife that expensive piece of jewelry. Show her she's worth it, or you're a terrible husband. Now, I realize this message is not communicated as blatantly as that, but that's often what is conveyed in the various and subtle ways from television shopping malls, and now more than ever, our iPhones. I've noticed that when I'm reading an interesting news story on my iPhone, I keep getting these little advertisements, uh, and they seem to be saying to me, buy me, buy me. I'm thinking also during this season, there's a lot of strife going on in our world and in our country, and these voices of despair have their drowning effect as well. They remind us of our own human frailty. They remind us of just how fragile life can be. And I think also that for many people, both within this particular community and across the nation, you know, Christmas 2023 is going to be different than 2022. There will be empty chairs where family members used to sit. And the prophet Isaiah seemed to understand this. And as God instills in him the conviction to cry out hope to a downtrodden people, the prophet hesitates and he says, well, what should I cry? And he says this, all people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. Surely the people are grass. He acknowledges that everything that we know and experience in this world about us is temporary. The prophet acknowledges the fleetingness of life. But that's not all the prophet says. Yes, it is true, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion. Herald of good tidings, lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem. Herald of good tidings, lift it up and fear not. And you can just see these words breathing, breathing you know, life into a people who were slumped over in despair. Their homeland laying in ruins. All that was good and sacred to them had slipped away. And then there's a message that God wants to convey today, this Advent, 2023, it is that grief does not have the last word. Disease does not have the last word. Nihilism and destruction, they don't have the last word. The word of the Lord will stand forever. And this voice that continues to speak is also that voice of forgiveness. 
And it's a voice that says, you know, I don't care all of the seamy things that you may have done in your past. I don't care what your background is or your secrets. If you are truly sorry, you can lay them at the feet of the Word who became flesh. God will forgive. Now, I was thinking of the man who attended a uh, Christmas Eve service for the first time in several years, and you know, he had a lot of baggage in his life. And um, he remembered that passage of Scripture that said, Behold, I bring you tidings of great joy. His response was, Not for me. It can't be. But it is precisely for these people that God sent his Son into the world. The angel of the Lord would say to Mary, You are to name your child Jesus, which means Savior. He will save the people from their sins. But if we're to hear this message of hope, this message of forgiveness, if we are to recover this, we need to be in tune with the voice that speaks. And that means pushing away the noisy clutter and the messengers of doom which prevent us from hearing it. Or maybe it means that you need to commit yourself to a certain ministry that God is calling you to. God calling you to maybe break out of your comfort zone. Oftentimes we get a call from God to do the very things that we would not be inclined to do ourselves. Maybe this is the season to rearrange priorities. You know, what is the Christmas story being fed to us from all these outside influences? What is the real story? For others, it may mean just simply silencing your own voice so you can hear and listen to what God has to say. Now, notice the prophet says, in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. That's an action. This is the season of preparation, getting ready for the coming of God's anointed one. And the people were given this chance to prepare, to anticipate the coming of the Lord, the one who would liberate them from captivity. A time that you know they could prepare and, and say how sorry they were for their offenses against God. Whatever wilderness you may find yourself in, we're given the chance to do the very same. So listen to the voice. Amen and amen.